Hey lovelies, welcome to episode number 39 of the journey of self-love through self-care. I am so fucking excited because today I've got a guest on, Kate, also known as, well, Pussy Power. Then I am... Um, we met at Stone Cold Sober Festival and I joined one of Kate's Pussy Power workshops. And Kate is a love and relationship coach working to sexual empower women everywhere, helping them to reconnect to their pussies and reclaim their inner power source, their pussy energy. Kate is also a couples coach, helping couples rediscover their connection to one another and a path to more conscious relating. Kate is also the founder of Sister Circle Inner Temple, where she hosts circles, trainings, workshops for women and couples, and she's trained with the Tantric Institute of Integrated Sexuality, and she's a qualified teacher with a master's in counselling and psychology, so not too much going on right now, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and she's also trained in Amargo, which is an Amargo facilitator, and she uses this life-changing method to help couples back into connection and meaningful relation relating. So, Kate, I want to sort of hand over to you so you can sort of give people like a bit about your story and um, what you was maybe doing before you sort of started this journey, or is this something you've always been into? And yeah, just sort of introduce yourself, and we'll just sort of roll and see whatever comes out with whatever the pussies want to come out to play with. <laughs> Thank you. First of all, Amy, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be on the podcast and telling my story. Um, and thank you for that introduction. So I guess, like, what was I doing before? And have I always been doing this? No. Um, it's a funny one, isn't it? And I'm sure that you know this and people on Conscious Journeys know that that kind of nothing makes sense until it makes sense. <laughs> you know, you're like, what am I doing? Are we allowed to swear, by the way? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right. Like, you know, that question, like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? Where am I going? Where, where is this? And then lots of us kind of are asking for a life of more meaning or more purpose, or we're here to serve in some way. And we're like, well, where does my experience and my skills and my background come into that? And so that was where I was at. I was a teacher. And so I was skilled in teaching young people. And that was my gig. And I became really disillusioned in the framework in which I was teaching so I kind of knew that my heart was in getting messages across and teaching and using my voice um but I didn't really know kind of how that was here to serve in a more meaningful way outside of systems that no longer like fit with me like the schools the education system didn't really fit with me and I felt like I was kind of working against this, the tide really of what was important to me and then it was plant medicine journeys and a question that was kind of aching inside of my heart that was how am I here to serve um and it was almost like oh and in that time I was also kind of like I know that I'm here to help people so I went and got a counseling master's and kind of it was at that time that it was like the plant medicine journeys took that piece and took that piece and took my drama background which is where I gained like what I see as confidence and ability to be in front of people and kind of merge it all together and went this is what you're supposed to be doing and landed me in front of women doing women's work and so that's where the stories start to unravel and then once I was in women's work I was like it feels too broad I feel like I'm offering too much the spectrum of women's work is massive um, and then I became a sex love and relationship coach after following my teacher online for a really long time and being really passionate about that work and kind of landed right in the world of pussy <laughs> and, and that's and that's kind of how I got here really so it's a bit of a crazy journey isn't it what, um, what sort of age was you teaching at the schools, out of curiosity? 
teenagers, so 11 to 16s. Okay. Do you still feel called to sort of work with that energy or to sort of work more with like, ah, interesting. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that was my job for like over 10 years and I've always worked with children, which is really interesting. I've always worked with young children and and older teenagers as well in different kind of capacities. Um, But I feel like that was me in my 20s when I had that kind of energy and I feel like my energy shifted like you know, that is that shift in womanhood, isn't it? From like that maiden type energy to that, you know, a bit more mother-like energy. And I think just as I got older, it didn't feel that was my service anymore. It was to work with women. The reason, the only reason I asked is, it was funny because I was talking to one of my, a couple of my friends yesterday about like when we was growing up and like a lot of the shame around like masturbation when you was like teenagers or when you're younger and, it's almost feeling like for me, like where I'm just starting to explore my sexuality now, and I don't know if this is like for a lot of women, it's almost like there's this immature part of me or this part of me that isn't quite developed to know how to step into that womanhood to sort of know what I want or know what I want to call in or there's a lot of sort of sexual shame from when I was younger. And yeah. it's it's almost like it was like something that was put in a box and my, my sex drive pretty much was to nothing like growing up a lot of it because there was a lot of shame around it so this sort of energy like this sort of work is this something that's going to help people bring out that I guess that wild side or that even tapping into what the fuck do we want as a woman and reconnecting us to it's almost like I was I'm separate to my I guess yes everything yeah and that makes so much sense and it pretty much seems to be what you've just described there encapsulates most of the issues that women arrived to me with so the first one that you spoke about was you know that kind of like shame and disconnection and that does really start to percolate like you know from day dot for men and women but you know my work is around women so i'll centralize what i'm saying for, for women specifically you know we are born into a society which just throws all these kind of really mixed convoluted messages to us like be sexy but not too sexy um you know you know express yourself but don't express yourself too much you know be be wild and free but not too wild and free and you know there's a a lot of messages and and sexuality particularly in women that are coming into their sexual selves in their teenage years are not celebrated in any way shape or form you know we're told how not to get pregnant how not to get an sti and all the kind of problematic things associated with sex in fact we're, we're pretty much given a lot of fear around sexuality And a lot of women who are starting to explore their sexual side when they become a teenager are then hit with a lot of social um, mixed messages. So, you know, parents aren't really kind of celebrating their teenagers kind of being sexual. That's not something that is particularly, um, you know, celebrated. Peers are often not celebrating women. Men, to a certain extent, get celebrated when they're coming into their, you know, like, teenage boys kind of getting their end away but women less so you know they're either you know I don't know if any of these names resonate with you but they're either frigid when you're a teenager if you didn't want it or you were a slag if you did and so there was no winning for for women even though we were at a time where we were getting really curious around our sexualities and who we were as sexual beings and so there's a lot of shame and a lot of um stuff around that that then enters into a realm of can I be a sexual being and belong in my peer group and a lot of the time it's like well no so that's when this sign of separation starts to happen for for women kind of particularly like put it in a box and we'll just do it with 
in this way, in this hidden way, in the bedroom, and you know, we won't be a sexual being in ourselves, if that makes sense. We'll have sex here in this 10% of our lives, but everywhere else, we're mothers and we're this and we're that, we're not sexual beings. Mm, I think like for me growing up, like frigid, it was like, I felt like there was something wrong with me, I guess, because I didn't lose my virginity until I was 17, but everyone else was having sex, but you were still doing stuff with boys and giving your power away. But then at the same time, you then I sort of stepped into, I guess, what you would call that slag role. But mm -hmm. then once you left, lost that virginity, it's like you lost, it, it wasn't a sacred experience and it wasn't something that sh sh probably should have been how, like, because again, like none of us kind of know how, what intimacy is. We, like you said, we've got so much fear around sex and it's like, get on the pill, you might get pregnant. Here's how to put a condom on a, uh, a cucumber. That was like how <laughs> And then, like, if you did start having sex, like, again, the boys were sort of, like, high-fived and rewarded for it, and girls sort of had all this shame and taboo around it to the point of I've been, like, married and been in a relationship, and our sex was very um, – I'm sure you won't mind even talking about this – but our sex was very, like, rigid, and I'd, like, schedule when it would be and sort of, like, certain times because I just didn't have that sexual connection to myself. So I was so disconnected from all the hurt and pain with that sort of stuff. Yeah. So I guess my question to you is like, how can we start to maybe connect to that shame and start to like maybe clear it and start to reconnect to ourselves? Because I can feel this energy is coming through now as I'm starting to like connect to my body more. But there's also still so much fear of like using my voice saying what I might want or even like daring to say it out loud yes. what I want to do and knowing how to even connect to myself yeah yeah absolutely and it's and it's a journey for women to reconnect um you know and to really connect to the truth around their sexuality and because of the things that you described from school a lot of us haven't had the opportunity to really know ourselves as sexual beings so there's always been this kind of like distance and this separation and so the first step in the journey really is to kind of um first of all acknowledging acknowledging that there is shame there and and and, and, and developing a self-pleasure practice. And so when I work with clients and in my group programs, a self-pleasure practice is the first thing. And it's more than like a wank, you know, or a, a masturbation. It's communing and reconnecting to your own self and your own body and discovering and finding out what pleasures you. Mm -hmm. um, and within that journey, it's noticing what can come up. So what is your internal um voice saying around your sexuality this is not okay or this is disgusting or this is this or you should be shamed for this or and not allowing you to 100% let go so if a lot of us have an internal voice sh of shame it's important to recognize that that's just one part of us that's just one part of our female psyche that doesn't need to be like can you piss off please and let me get on with this it needs to be acknowledged and loved and shown compassion to so that it can be integrated into our wholeness. Yes, I have this piece of me that I learned as a little girl growing up or that I've learned through hundreds of years of geneticness in the female psyche because women used to be burnt at the stake for being sexual women and we carry that in our in our blood, you know, in our, in our genetics and so, there's a lot going on there. So the first step is if any of these things come up, um, contraction, 
bracing against pleasure, not allowing full capacity of pleasure, numbness, shame, they can all come from that same place of, I need to make this smaller and minimize this experience in order to keep myself safe. So there's a lot to do with acknowledging these things as they come up. And I teach women to become more somatic and somatic, you know, I know you'll know, but for your viewers, you may not know somatic is being able to be connected with the moment to moment sensations and experiences within the body. And we can learn not what's in our head, but what exists in the body. And we call that the body mind. And so it might be that you feel a contraction somewhere in your vulva or your stomach or your heart when you're having self pleasure. And what I teach is to encourage you to go towards that contraction or go towards that tension or go towards that feeling of discomfort and then working out what it is. And nine times out of 10, it's lack of safety or shame or self-disgust or any stories that you may have around your sexuality that need to be acknowledged, given conscious awareness, loved and reintegrated into the system so that you can move beyond those things. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I a couple of like, when we're talking about like reconnecting with ourselves as well, like a lot of things that come up for me is like, an orgasm feels like it needs to be done really quickly, or I feel like I'm a burden if I'm taking too long to have an orgasm potentially with a partner, or even when it comes to then reconnecting to myself, it's like, this needs to be done, or I, I need to sort of like rush through it, or I don't, yeah. it's like knowing how much time we should sort of spend with ourselves and like, and another thing as well is like how often like we should maybe be reconnecting to ourselves because there was a time in my life where I wasn't sexually active and I wasn't even like connecting to myself probably for about six months at all and I was like oh I've just got no sex drive and I think it was just totally null and void yes yeah okay so I'm going to start with the the orgasm question which is like the million dollar question and a lot of the time it's a kind of like I just want to get there um you know and, and a lot of us are kind of like doing it for that um kind of cathartic release like you know I have an urge and I want to have an orgasm to release that urge and that's fine there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever we all have that but um often the female map to get to pleasure is very different to the male model of getting to pleasure and our sexuality as females has been slipped into this um masculine model which and we don't quite fit that way and, and what i mean by that is the masculine model of sex and climax is get turned on get turned on get turned on i know you can't see me on the podcast but i'm kind of going up a up a ski slope with my hand getting turned on getting turned on getting turned on getting turned on and then reach a climax and that's the male model but the female model is we're trying to do that in that way but ours is more like a little bit of pleasure here a little bit of pleasure here a little bit of pleasure here a little bit of pleasure here. we may get a climax or we may just be in peaks and troughs of pleasure so ours is much more of a kind of twisty loopy roller coaster of a ride whereas a male model is more linear and so what i teach women is around not rooting for the orgasm particularly because then we may lose the beauty of the experience and the journey so you know lots of women are like yeah but i want an orgasm gate you know but it's a paradox so once we're kind of hoping for orgasm then our orgasm can become can become more elusive or we just get some kind of experience at the end but we haven't really had a pleasurable journey there so my 
teaching is around lose the orgasm and become more present mm -hmm. in the moment to moment sensation of the body and learning to be in the subtleties of pleasure so that those subtleties of pleasure like you know we're always rooting for the kind of eights and nines of pleasure and you know if it's not that it's not good enough being in the twos and threes of pleasure being in the small kind of subtleties of pleasure then start to expand our capacity for pleasure and we can enjoy and revel in our experiences more because a lot of us because of that numbness and that shame that we spoke about earlier have lost a lot of our sensational capacity so it's learning to be very much back into sensation so that we can enjoy our experiences rather than just an orgasm and then orgasms just seem to come in much easier ways when we're not really even needing them or wanting them Mm. it's interesting one thing I did notice um is if I'm if I'm having an orgasm and say I've had a little bit of plant medicine like the orgasm can last like like 30 seconds to sometimes what feels like a minute so it's sort of like learning that if that is possible on that experience then I believe that if I can tap into that I can get to that stage without necessarily needing to sort of to go through that with the plant medicine you can just do it like naturally is that something that's like achievable not achievable but something that sort of happens because it feels like sometimes sometimes an orgasm can come and it's it's gone in like it's like it doesn't even feel I'm like did i did i just have did I yeah just, can i have five more of that please <laughs> and then other times i can feel like yeah i've definitely like, you know different stimulations yeah. maybe it's a clit orgasm or more internal but yeah, yeah from the experience on plant medicine it can be like like a lot more intense and longer yes yeah and and i'm this is my thoughts on that because i really am an advocate for plant medicines and sexuality work because i think they work really beautifully together for some people not for everybody um and so my point of view on that is that it's not actually the plant medicine that is enabling that process it's us being able to shut down the shit that's getting in the way of us being able to have those processes so it's shutting down some sort of like um cortical control like that front brain thinking 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 being in our heads being in the bullshit being in the stories that we were speaking about at the beginning is the plant medicines that almost knock us out of that and bring us more into the body and so you're absolutely right that that is available like at all times it's just shutting down some of that chatter and that element of control that we keep that doesn't allow us to fully drop into and surrender into these experiences do you feel as well that I was just thinking just now like I am in my head a lot but it's almost like you know like if you're going to bed for example like to wind down like most I say to people like be off your phones for a couple of hours and get yourself ready for bed like to get into that modality and I'm like is that something we should be doing like I know sex can be spontaneous and stuff like that but if we're gonna sort of have that experience of reconnecting to ourselves and we've been rushed straight from work and we've been doing emails and da -da -da, I guess it must take time for our brains to detach from that so we can come back into the body yeah so I just wondered if it's like any because I find if I do when I do breath work I get quite horny and I can feel that sort of activating as well so I'm like I feel like maybe it would be a good idea for someone like me maybe to do some breath work and stuff before I then sort of go into that somatic or that that experience to sort of go into absolutely again you know plant medicine and, and sexuality are really great friends so is breath work and and sexuality again because it's knocking us out of that cortical control and bringing us more into the sensations of the body and so they are really great to work together so absolutely 100% breath work is a great way in when we've had a long day and we're in our heads and we're stressed out using something like that to come in first and I'm kind of going to answer a question that you asked earlier as well that you were kind of saying how long like how 
long should things take and how often should we do things for me like and i'm not even there yet so this comes with the caveat of you know um you know the teacher needs to t learn the lessons as well i actually think we should be self-pleasuring every fucking day and i'm a really big believer in micro practices so you know people we don't have like hours on end to be doing that as, as well as our yoga and our breathwork practice and our meditation practice and all of that but so i'm a really big believer in micros and connecting to ourselves in some small way every day even if it's just gently putting our hands and cupping our vulvas and sending some breath and awareness there mm -hmm. and it's keeping her awake and alive and switched on because what I realize, and you know, I self-pleasure often, this is what I do, um, but I'm, I don't do it every day. But when I do, I am more alive, I'm more radiant, and I'm using my sexual energy as life force, because that's what it is. You know, a lot of us have kind of got this sexual um, idea, an idea that our sexual um, selves are kind of somewhere over here in a box, like what you were saying at the beginning. But actually our sexual energy is our core energy our life force so why wouldn't we tap into that on a daily basis and just keep that kind of buoyant just watering the gardens off we don't have to have an orgasm we don't need to do anything kind of major you know but just connecting to the core of our bodies which is our pelvis um and bringing fat basically like fanning the flames of our sexuality to keep that turn on alive so that we can use that and we're not just using that for sexuality we're using that for um vitality for a feeling of inner goodness for strength um you know for magnetism because people like a switched on person it makes them feel alive to be around those kind of people that are alive with life force with sexual energy because it feels good you know and we all want to feel alive so that connection I feel should be every day, even if it's a 30 second job. Mm. Um, and there was something else that you said that I wanted to touch on. Did I answer all of that question or was there another piece? There was, there was a question about how often. How often? It will come back to us, I'm sure. It will come back if it's, yeah, if it's relevant. I think because where I'm going like heavily, like I've taught yoga for years, but now I've sort of gone on this this journey the last couple of years and like learning about all the chakras I wasn't interested back then. It's so funny. And like the connection to the hips and the sacral chakra and everything I'm sort of reading about like learning how to manifest and magnetize things in is to connect to this this space, you know, of like our lower chakras to start to be that magnet so that really sort of resonated with what you're saying and bringing yeah. that, that sexual energy is like what's pulling things into us for our desires so we can start to make those choices about you know what direction maybe we're heading in and trusting that divine flow yeah yeah and that's absolutely it and i think when i first started looking at chakras i was like yeah root chakra means this and this one means it and it was a little bit disconnected from anything that was kind of like truthful for me it was like okay so you've told me that the root chakra means money and the root chakra is sex and then you it didn't really make much sense but actually more and more when i'm kind of like working with the pelvis and working with pussy energy with women what i'm recognizing is um that is the core of a woman's body it's the womb is the creatrix it's where we when we can create life from there so it's full of capacity to generate the new so as women particularly we have these bodies that can create 
so we we're really fucking special i mean men are special as well but women's bodies are very special and very close to the divine the reason for that being is because it's where we can begin start to create like from innate life force intelligence you know that same intelligence that allows plants to grow and allows the world to move around can form human beings in this center point to connect here means that we connect back to the divine mm -hmm. and so if we're really in tune with this part of our body and we are like you said manifesting from here from um wanting and hoping and praying for the things that we want from this area of our body rather than from the mind and the shoulds so we should want that and you know we're we're manifesting from a place of deep truth and we're co-creating with divine energy so you know when people talk about being in alignment and being in their truth that for me is that truth we are developing and creating from the center of our being from our own individual truth so yeah it kind of feels like we we're sometimes pushing a rock up a hill when we want something and it feels so hard and it's like why can't i have that thing why can't i have that thing i'm wanting it i'm hoping for it i'm manifesting i'm thinking about it every day it's like are you creating this from the cauldron of your body basically from your womb and is is it a clear space in order to be doing that from does that make sense yeah because i think most of us are in our heads and so like manifesting when i was reading is actually quite a masculine energy to do because we we're thinking what we want yes and the feminine energy is and the hips are all about our feelings so it's like if like you said if we haven't got that space and we've got maybe shame there or as well like I was growing up like i had really heavy painful like periods and stuff like that so it's almost like yeah. that space was like an inconvenience and it would cause me like pain and it would cause me embarrassment like if i like was heavy and i leaked through i'd be scared to go out as well and it was almost like why is this happening to me and wanting to yeah. plug it up so it's like again like there was no feelings there so to be that manifesting generator or that manifesting and there's no feelings there and that space is blocked with so a lot of us have like i have had polycystic ovaries a lot of my clients suffer with like fibroids endometriosis and again it became like a bit of a symbol for this space is causing you issues yes so let's try and fix it because it's clearly broken but not anticipating that it needed love and it needed healing yeah yeah absolutely and there's so many of us as women who have womb vulva stories you know painful periods endometriosis ovarian cysts um hemorrhoids prolapses miscarriages um abortion stories birth traumas you know we hold so fucking much and that's not even to start talking about sexual trauma abuse unwanted touch rape um etc 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 i mean it's a ginormous world and we hold that in this place and this place is supposed to be what i was describing before this beautiful open place of possibility and creation but for a lot of us it hasn't been that it's been a place of shame it's been a place of you know wounding trauma um, shut down disconnection and because we've had a lot of these things happen to us we've disconnected from this area physically emotionally consciously and when we disconnect there's no consciousness there 
And when there's no consciousness there, there's no blood flow there. And when there's no blood flow there, that's what leads to trapped energy, which leads to ovarian cysts, prolapses, hemorrhoids, da, 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 and the list goes on for women. And then the sad thing is once we have that, that it creates a cycle of, well, that place is associated with my pain, that place is associated with my numbness. So then I'm just gonna disconnect even more. And so for many of us and for many listening, if any of these things are relevant, like the first step is that reconnection with intention and, and conscious awareness like i'm reconnecting to this center of my body because this is where my strength is this is where my goodness is this is where my vitality is but we may have to go on a journey of clearing out the covered well basically to get back down to those clear waters at the bottom it was actually um it was during cause meditation again i've only been doing for a couple of years um and i was doing I think I was doing like a silent meditation mm. and it came to me at the end and I had determination um I think about maybe four years ago now mm. and I hadn't even anticipated that that could have been something that was again sort of added to the dump on top of things that had caused me more shame like I'd never really spoken about it like I hadn't even in I did journal back then, but again, I wouldn't even journal about things like that because it was like, that, that didn't happen. Like it was an experience I don't want to remember. And again, like it sort of had a big lid put on it. And yes. like with, with those sorts of things, it's, it's knowing like what I've been doing is looking into like womb clearing meditations and just trying to find ways to send that space acknowledgement for what happened and acknowledgement for what I experienced and accepting that was a part of my journey. Yeah. Is, there, um, is that something you sort of connect with like with the womb clearing and things like that as well absolutely absolutely I felt like you know my journey with with this work was firstly for myself around um a lot of the um feelings around my pussy my vulva the look of it the appearance of it um how I used it and all of that and then it was kind of like that was the doorway that led to my cervix that then led to my womb that led, then led to all the stories that my womb held and one of those is around termination um and I think it's so, so, so important for women to, even if a termination for them or um, some birth trauma or something like that was like 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, a lot of that energy can still be held there and it can be so pushed down, like we don't talk about that or that's something that was so long ago so it doesn't really matter anymore. But ritual and clearings and healings are so important, you know, and I think it's beautiful that you're kind of looking at that for, for you. And, you know, there's a, there's a lot of energy that needs to be freed up, particularly around, you know, for a lot of women, they can still feel like they're holding like baby spirit energy, you know, the energy of, of, of a soul that wasn't properly released, you know, and I think that I would love to see, um, you know, terminations being more conscious. So for a woman to choose a termination, you know, I mean, we're going kind of backwards in that respect in America, but let's not even go there. But, you know, for women who need to choose a termination to be able to do that consciously um, to be able to free that soul um, with prayer, with consciousness, with the, the beauty of that being a really um, intentional process you know that i read something beautiful in in japan um that a, a lot of the 
the the people that believe that when a woman chooses to have a termination then the soul can come back at another time and you can almost contract with that soul the the soul can leave the body in a conscious way to come back at another time that's 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 right or into another womb and i imagine that if we had that philosophy that we could integrate those experiences in that way then we would feel so much less like we're holding on to things you know that we're keeping that energy in the womb that we feel like we can release that again and we've lost that sense of ritual haven't we you know like birth rituals and um you know termin termination rituals even like a, a healing process to let go and i think that that would be really healing for lots of us that never had those experiences it's funny because I was talking to my uh, really good friend of mine at the weekend and I was like, it was so, it was done, like you'd, you'd come out of the op, they'd give you a biscuit, here's an orange squash, <laughs> and someone can pick you up, don't be on your own for 24 hours and then um, go home. And I wasn't like conscious or anything back then, not that it would made, but feeling into it now, it was like, gosh, like I literally went back to work the next day and just got on with things and it was because it was so like clinical yeah. how it was done and it I look back now and I said to my friend, like, I should have feeling like we should have had some sort of guidance or, and there was a lot of shame around it because I was, you know, in my thirties doing it. And it, I just, you know, I've only just come to terms with, with like, I just wasn't ready to be a mum then. And I made the best decision for me at that time. And I had the power of that choice. And I'm really grateful that I, I was able to listen to whether I would have carried on with it or not it would have been the right decision but I was just really grateful that I had that opportunity to make that decision yeah. but again I didn't realize how much I'd energetically just put it in a box put the lid on it because that's what I do like Mrs. like just get on with things yeah. and so again a lot of the girls that have, I've spoke to that have sort of experienced that and they've done it when they're younger and they was they were like, too young to be a mum for example they didn't feel ready but it's it doesn't matter what age we are like it's it's our choice but like you said the rituals that could have been done before and afterwards like hopefully where we all become in this conscious community like we can guide and heal through it and sort of release things but i didn't realize how much i was holding there until it started to really come through yeah yeah and it's absolutely right like you know my clients they say exactly that sentence like in so many ways so um womb healing reconnection to the pelvis reconnection to pussy even sitting in front of the mirror for some women and opening their legs and pussy gazing and connecting and honoring their their vulvas even that can bring so much grief and so much sadness with those same words like i didn't realize how much i was holding and this sadness around not feeling connected to her not looking at her you know this place between our legs that you know is such a defining part of who we are as women that's we're just completely disconnected from and and so it's it's beautiful work and one that i hope and wish that all women can embark on because we all need it and it's another um, good friend of mine as well. We was talking about like like STIs and like if people have had like herpes or like genital warts and things like that and all that sort of all that sort of shame as well. It's like you almost don't want to look or sort of associate yourself if you've sort of been through that experience and you're holding all of that energy like there and just knowing that it's okay to connect with a partner again and knowing like what you should share and what you shouldn't share and what you've been through. And again, it sort of again detaches us from so much of ourselves. Yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. And there's some beautiful people in, in particularly in my community who really work with releasing women's shame around those who've carried like long term STIs, like herpes and things like that, that have kind of like had to integrate those experiences into their sexual realities and selves and release the shame around those things. So some women doing just starting to do really, really beautiful work in all areas of, of sexual health. Mm. What well, um Another question I was going to throw at you is like growing up, I was, I, when I was like younger and like sort of masturbating and stuff like that, I had a really good imagination back then. So I've never really been one drawn to like watching porn or like using like toys or anything like that. And a lot of people that I speak to, like when they do connect themselves, they're heavily reliant on like porn and like vibrators and stuff like that. What's your sort of opinion on all those sorts of things? Ooh, how long have we got? <laughs> <laughs> because I keep hearing about like Yoni eggs and stuff as well. And I actually went into, it was a bondage shop. Uh, I was working up in London this week and I was like, oh, there's a bondage shop there. I'm, I'm open to sort of be curious now. And I got so overwhelmed. So I walked in and there was just toys and gadgets everywhere. And the only thing that I sort of heard in the spiritual sort of side of things is Yoni eggs. So I'm sort of looking around like, what is this? Or is this something? And, and also the other sort of toys, like what's your thoughts on things like this? Yeah, okay, so there's so many supportive toys. I've obviously got certain ones that from my training are most supportive for women. Um, so I have um, quite an original perspective on vibrators and that's probably because of my own background and my own experience. Um, so first of all, Yoni eggs are amazing. They can be transformative. Yoni eggs individually literally woke up my sexual energy. You know, they, they are incredible and the results for women are fantastic. There's loads of controversy and bullshit around them um, that really from being a massive advocate and for having such um, huge developments in my own body and my own sexuality with the jade egg use. I'm just like reading these things and thinking you have never used a jade egg, you know, whoever's written this article. A jade, a jade egg is like made from jade. It's made from jade and it's the one that I advocate in okay. rather than just a yoni egg generally. Jades are really, um, yeah, great material for all sorts of different reasons. And, and that's a great one to do some work with, but I would advise working with a practitioner or at least finding some guidance online rather than just kind of popping it up and hoping for the best because it really needs to be used <laughs> intentionally. You know, I had one for ages and I'd like pop it up and go, yeah, I can't feel a thing, this is shit. <laughs> how did you actually get like connected did you go and work with someone with the on the egg then or yeah well a really good friend of mine she's now like a, a fellow uh, sex coach and, and a friend of mine Sarah Rose Bright she did a beautiful weekend in Manchester where we you know got prepped to use the jade egg and we ended up in circle all of us women together and and what really made me laugh is probably about four or five years before before like jade egg or any of this work was even a twinkle in my eye a friend of mine went do you know that women sometimes get together and shove eggs up their fannies in the circle? <laughs> and i was like oh my god that's absolutely ridiculous like who would ever do that what is the world coming to blah, blah, blah. and then here i am not only doing it like kind of four years ago in a circle of women putting yoni eggs in my vagina and us all working together but now i teach it <laughs> It just goes to show, you know, the power of these things can not only kind of like affect and change your own life, but then, you know, your knowledge of how incredibly they work it changes the trajectory of what you do for a living. So, uh -huh. yeah, so, so the JTEC is something I really, really advocate, uh, advocate for, but also I'm not anti-vibrators and, um, and, and a lot of sex coaches 
are. So they say things like it's a disconnection from yourself and your body. They say things like, you know, it can um, numb you out and make you kind of more desensitized to pleasure. And because you remember I was saying at the beginning how we can kind of come back to the subtleties of pleasure in our bodies that sometimes a vibrator doesn't allow us to do. So that is the theory around that and, 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 and I understand that. But actually some of them can go to the point where they actually shame women who use vibrators. And in fact, that's their only access to pleasure, a vibrator. So for me, I'm from a different point of view. I will always say that to women, but I'll say as much as you use a vibrator, be experimenting with your own self-touch too, so that you're creating a hybrid experience and you're not just reliant on one way. And the reason for that is because a vibrator was so important in my own journey because I was so shut down and numb and my nervous system needed more intense pleasure because I couldn't feel, my vibrator use had allowed me access to pleasure. Like, you know, I was doing all sorts with the vibrator, like having these incredible orgasms and playing and learn to squirt using a vibrator. I don't know if that's too far for the, for the podcast. Yes, we've gone to squirting. <laughs> so there's been a real journey for me and then when I started on my training and my actual teacher was quite a vibrator dismisser and I was like don't shame the vibrator you know we've got a 10-year relationship here you know and it's quite sad really to then hear that actually that's not right and it's like no that's not it's, it, it's from person to person but I think if your only sexual experience is with a vibrator then I would say have a little break and learn some new ways and learn to, to access pleasure also a vibrator can be really helpful in my opinion and from my experience because if that's your only access to pleasure you can start to do what we call blending so that you can use the vibrator so you're neurologically in touch with pleasure and then just start to kind of bring a new area in so for example g-spot stimulation while you're doing what you do with the vibrator so you can neurologically rewire and then slowly you kind of bring the vibrator out and you're neurologically rewiring a new area primed for pleasure does that make sense that does that's so interesting yeah it's clever and i think no don't slay people's access to pleasure because it can be a pathway in so that's my point of view particularly on like vibrators just from my personal experience um but I did find it a more difficult journey to access new areas of pleasure because of that. So that's the caveat. Um, but, you know, for some women who's, you know, really desperate to have an, uh, an orgasm, they've never had one before, and the vibrator might be their access, then, you know, it, it, it's, a quicker, it's a quicker route. So mm -hmm. that's my point of view on that. My point of view on porn is very, very different. So porn... Um, from my experience can remove us from the sexual reality and embodied sexual experience um, for that's one reason why i'm not an advocate for porn the second one is because there's very very limited porn that honors conscious sexuality which is what i teach couples um, mm -hmm. and that is advocating a very masculine model of sex where a lot of the time women um are um, being degraded are not being fucked in ways that women actually want to be fucked so we're giving a lot of very very shitty lessons particularly to men on how to touch and fuck women you know and you know I, i've watched it even after being becoming a sex coach um more for educational purposes 
and I'm and I'm looking at these women. I'm like, no, 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 you're not in pleasure. Like, there's no fucking way you're in pleasure with what's happening right now from knowing anatomically the female body. Like, I know lots of women are different, but a lot of it is built on what men, what the masculine particularly wants to see. Um, and so I think that when young men start to watch porn early on, they're not learning actually what a woman's body needs um, a lot of the time. Um, and I'm talking about heterosexual um, porn at this point, you know, I'm sure there's lots of different ones. So there's conscious porn starting to come and I would be more of an advocate for that. But I still think that a lot of the time watching porn can mean that you are slightly dissociated from your own body and your own experience and you are enabling a process of getting off on something because it's further away um and it can lead to quite a lot of problems so that's my opinion on porn and, and you know i could talk about it probably for a whole podcast episode <laughs> yeah i find it really again like it wasn't something i'm glad that wasn't really i was around too much of but the stuff that i've sort of read about and how it can like you know cause impotence from like such young ages and stuff like that as well but it's so interesting like the thought of conscious porn is it sounds like something that would be interesting to sort of come through as we are all shifting yeah um, and, and I, I think there is stuff bubbling up you know yeah that's, it's really interesting you know, centric and, and stuff like that and with a lot kind of more um interesting and, and various vulva because you know you've got this thing in porn like a lot of women and men have only seen this one kind of vulva and so that's led to real like massive amounts of problems and increasing women going for labiaplasty or whatever you call it when you're getting kind of like bits chopped off labia because you know your inner labia hangs out more than your outer labia and you've got folds you know and, and in porn all you see is this neat very undetailed labia um, and the reason for that is those women are chosen particularly so that you can see cock going into pussy. Wow. And that's the only reason that, and then women are looking at those and thinking mine's not normal, you know, and men are looking at their, their my woman's is not normal because they've seen this fabricated illusion of a woman through porn. And um, yeah, it's just fucked with us a lot. And, you know, which is why I'm such a big promoter on women seeing hundreds and hundreds of a variety of vulvas because that can be so healing and there's such an array of, of vulva that we can then heal from that wound of this is a beautiful vulva and this is an ugly vulva because of what we've seen um on porn that's so interesting mm. and because the, the other thing i was like with vibrating and stuff it's just it sort of comes to me because if we want to bring more play into our sexual relationships and stuff like that and allowing ourselves permission to then maybe explore certain things with a partner um, and having different senses and different touches. Is that something you would sort of work with as well or suggest like to have that um, just to bring in different experiences, I guess, sexually? Yeah, I think it's important for couples to break out of that mold of how we think we're supposed to have sexual experiences and move into creating intimacy with one another as the top priority you know getting off is great orgasm is great you know we all want to have those things but we've a lot of the time lost that ability to be intimate with one another to be connected not just at the genitals but at the hearts so i teach couples to reconnect in a loving capacity so that they can not only share 
um, that sexual energy from the root, but also sharing um, love energy with one another so that you can be more complete. And that experience can be really beautiful because it can also lead you to better orgasms, better sensation, better increased capacity of pleasure because you're in your hearts as well as in your genitalia and your pleasure is not condensed into this tiny little box at the bottom of your body. And so I work with couples around that, but I also work with couples on how they can learn together through touch, through play, through conscious communication in their sexualities. So like games, you know, like, um, you know, there's a beautiful game where you can ask your partner to touch you in certain ways and then you can change it by saying, you know, lots of there's lots of different like bits to the game that probably be too detailed to go into here. But asking couples to experiment with what they enjoy from moment to moment and being able to speak those things because a lot of us, you know, remember the question like, what do you want? Sometimes you don't fucking know. I said, I don't even know what I want. I know I don't want this. <laughs> what do you want? No idea. You know, and, and that can be really... Um, true for women and men they think they know what they want but because we haven't been open to the full totality of our um potential we can't ask for those things a lot of the time because we don't know and so these games and experiments are learning to be in sensation taking orgasm off the table sometimes sometimes taking even penetration off the table and being with one another in a really curious gentle and experimental way I think something that comes up for me quite a lot is like during sex I find it really hard to like make like eye contact and stuff and it's funny because I was talking to one of my friends about this and she was like she slept with this guy um the other day and she said should I kept full eye contact the whole time through she went, I was quite drunk though but it gave me the confidence she said it was so much more connected and it's almost like with me it's almost like I can look for a while and then I just I find it really challenging to sort of keep that that connection yeah and uh, yeah and, and one of the, one of the things that i teach actually is eye gazing and a lot of the things that um you know when i work with couples on a communication side and an intimacy side we do build up eye gazing but actually eye gazing can be really fucking intense and mm -hmm. you know it's not a i don't think like you know if you were my client and you were saying oh i struggle i'd be like don't worry about it you know we can build up that capacity you know and it's okay not to want to be in deep and intimate connection with a partner at all times it can actually be quite um fraying to our nervous systems sometimes mm -hmm. to be that you know and i think a lot of us are like if i'm really conscious and i'm really confident and i have to be able to look at my partner for this whole time and actually no sometimes we need to come back into our own internal world and take a rest from those because it is a very intense experience to see someone fully and to be allow yourself to be seen yeah yeah that makes sense actually so yeah i appreciate that <laughs> so it's almost like i felt like i was like failing or like or again, whatever these stories are that are sort of in there, that it's like, oh, why are you breaking eye contact? Why can't you stay present with that partner? Why do you want to go into your own world? And it's almost like, is it because you just, you don't feel safe or like there's that sort of vulnerability? And I think that's what they're always really great questions to ask, you know, um, being really compassionate with ourselves, not making something a problem, but just using everything as curiosity. Like, in my opinion, like, you know, I've been with my partner 10 years and there's still elements of, wow, I feel almost too close to you right now. Like, intimacy is fucking scary shit. Like, you know, a lot of us are like, actually, to keep my sense of self, I need to pull back a little bit, you know, to keep myself from merging into this, like, you know, you know kind of like confused 
boundaryless mm-hmm. state with another sometimes we do need to pull back and you know that can be a really natural process to kind of want to move in and then move away a little move in and move away a little mm-hmm. and so that's one element from it but also asking those questions that you just delivered are really beautiful questions to ask you know am I feeling unsafe is this something I want to ask for so that I can feel more safe in this situation is there a part of me that I don't want to be seen is there some work that I want to do in order to be really like available to be seen because I'm in love with myself sexually and so there's lots of questions but I also think we don't always need to know all the answers and if we need to look away because we feel a little bit uncomfortable unless it's becoming problematic then it's okay yeah what's your because something that i'm sort of looking to explore as well is um like more dominatrix sort of stuff as well because there's a part of me that feels like not that i need to hide behind a mask or something like that but if i had that it's almost like you know they say like a superhero's got his cape on or something like that so you can stand in that power a little bit more it's something like i'm definitely curious to sort of explore is that something you're sort of like an advocate for or something that absolutely anything that someone feels curious about and there's a little light at the end of like there's just a little kind of something going over here i'm like follow that follow that whatever that is because there'll be something in there um i can't remember who it is i'll have to ask my this is my friend sarah popping up again because she's told me about this author but they write about our desires sexually are sometimes a deep desire for us in the world so Um, yeah, so it's interesting that you're interested in dominating. So where might it be that, you know, you are more submissive in the world and that's so that's where you want to find, you know, your ability to be in charge or control, you know, or has there been times where you felt smaller that, you know, so, the, so there's interesting stuff and that's just off the top of my head it might be something for you to discover but i'll give you my example so one of my fantasies and one of my desires never actually fulfilled it um but i always had this idea of being watched so sometimes if i was kind of at peak pleasure i would start having these illusions of being watched and that would bring me um into like more orgasmic states and so when i read this thing that was saying you know, our fantasies and our desires can be reflective of what we long for in the world. And we can use our sexualities to play that out. Um, was because what I noticed in myself was that my one of my biggest wounds of being a little girl was not being important. I've not been seen and acknowledged. So what I recognized was there was a longing within me to want to be fully seen. So yeah, that's kind of one interesting aspect. So I would say follow those things and if they're healthy and they're a way of exploring something that is maybe opposite to you in real life. You know, you hear about these big businessmen who are owning like fucking billion dollar corporate industries and they just want to, you know, be a little boy and be mummied by some dominatrix in the back alley in London, you know, like, and, and that's because they want to have an opportunity not to be the one in charge, you know, to be just kind of, just to, to get back into this like feeble little state where someone tells them they're a naughty little boy you know and that makes so much sense yeah them being able to play out a part of them that hasn't been able to exist in the world I I feel like for me there's like a mixture there's a part of me that wants to be controlled because growing up I was parentified very young so I became like the parent in the house I looked after my brother a lot and had a lot of responsibility and I've always had a job since I was 13 so there's Mm. that masculine energy in me that does like to sometimes throw my weight around and be like right I'm in control right now and I'll feed off that and there's other part of me that's like 
I just want to be submissive and allow that partner to sort of take over. And from experiences in the past, it's almost like I almost give them that power. And then this part of me like goes into panic mode and then wants to create that safety around going, no, we need to be in charge and back again. I sort of come back into that role. So it's 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 really interesting that you, you say all of that. Yeah. And 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 just the being conscious in your sexuality around that so you know with a partner if you're like i would really love to experiment with submissive and dominant and, and dominant roles you know and playing with those and see what comes up like is there any contraction is there any fear is there any this and that a lot of those can give it really really um clear indicators of what might be going on for you because you know our sexualities can be a microcosm of what happens in the world at large and when we use them consciously when we create a conscious relationship, we can use our sexuality for deep healing, which is so beautiful. Like, okay, something's coming up for me. I'm getting a lot of fear in this submissive role right now. And I'm feeling like, you know, I wanna kind of like step back into my dominator. I don't feel like I can let go. I don't feel like I can surrender. Can you hold me in that? And then we you can use the sexual experience to process what the fear is around being dominated for example so you know there's lots of really beautiful avenues to explore sexually and when me and my partner made our relationship sexual and started to language things that were going on you know sometimes I'd be having a really great time and then all of a sudden something it would click in me and I'd be like I don't want to do it anymore mm. and I'd be like you know you send up in like rows and stuff because I couldn't articulate what was happening for me I was like I'm not turned on anymore or you're not doing it right or and he was like what am I doing wrong and I was like I don't know and I kind of blame him and he blamed me because we didn't have the comprehension to work out what was going on and now we sit with those and like you know I've talked about somatics at the beginning like I'm feeling this contraction in my lower belly and like he might put his hands there and we might stop having sex just to be with that and move through it and if there's any tears that want to come and then we can reprocess and go back into our sexual experience so it's used in a much more conscious and healing way rather than okay we just need to kind of fuck all the time and have orgasms and it all be brilliant because that's not actually what from my experience true sexuality means yeah. with what we've been fed it's and like another thing that's sort of like coming up for me as well is like I've been looking into Tantra and and sort of going down that and as I'm learning Tantra isn't necessarily about tantric sex but like can be like with, with touch and eye gazing and stuff like that as well but it's it's sort of like is that something that you feel you can explore with a partner that maybe you're not necessarily in a love relationship with but you're confident with each, with each other as well because sometimes it's nice to sort of do the work on your own but if you've got someone that's willing to sort of explore certain things with you do you feel like that's something you could do with someone or do you absolutely i think the only 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 caveat to any kind of lover that you want to explore any depths with is safety mm. like do i feel like i can be safe with this person can i open to this person and if you can then fill your boots and I think sometimes you know a lot of people that you know I've been in a kind of long relationship for 10 years so I haven't got personal experience but a lot of friends that work in this field have lovers mm. and they you know they're not in love with their lovers they experience love with them but there's actually a lot of space then you know like it's, it's a lot more layered when you're experiencing tantra with the person who you know you see you take a shit in the morning and you need to talk about their mortgage <laughs> with and you know <laughs> yeah, i guess it then creates that bit of excitement if you don't know like the ins and the outs of their stuff and they don't know the ins and yours and you can maybe step into that different role and yeah. sort of bring that element in so with like 
like, because Tantra is, again, it's like very new, all this sort of world to me. Like what sort of is Tantra to you and how do you sort of maybe explore it with clients? Yeah, so the the theory, the essence of Tantra is meeting everything with love and compassion. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we talked about that at the beginning, didn't we? Like rather than try and skirt around something or ignore something or put it in a box, it's meeting life itself with love and compassion loving what is and so if you convert that to a sexual experience it's being fully immersed in the experience and being loving and compassionate in touch in pleasure in play in your partner in whatever is there so that's quite broad but i guess that it's having conscious and meaningful connection with another um, and then within the realms of that umbrella term that is for me my personal um, definition of Tantra, there's energy work to play with. So not just kind of creating pleasure through friction mm. and, and thrusting, but <laughs> creating pleasure through energy connection. So when you become kind of fully into your experiences, you can learn techniques that allow energy to flow from one body to another using touch practices and tantric conversations to allow these connections to be deeper and more conscious. Because what I'm sort of experiencing is like the male will have an orgasm without necessarily ejaculating as well. And they'll sort of like be able to sort of have this energy release sometimes three or four times during sex, which is just fascinating. It's like, okay, if this is happening with a male, then I'm guessing the same thing can happen with a woman and we can keep that energy within us. Because a lot of the times yeah. like what I'm reading is we give our power away when we do have like a full orgasm, when it goes out externally, rather than bringing that sexual energy back into us. Yeah, absolutely. They say after a certain age, I'm not quite sure what it is, but I think it's like men above 40, but don't quote me on that. (laughs) There's a specific age that men shouldn't ejaculate, that they should recirculate the energy around their own bodies because they lose life force through ejaculation. And so a lot of the men that I work with, we work with, I should really know the answer to that, shouldn't I? Um, But we work with um, re-energizing the body. So rather than... um, ejaculating and a lot of men don't have a lot of control over their ejaculation which can be a bit disappointing like some of the time you know it's like oh god I've just come and I didn't mean to and it can be disappointing for him and disappointing for her but it can also make I mean that he's in his head sexually because he's thinking about not orgasming or orgasming and not feeling like fully in control but for men I help them to create more control around their energy and their pleasure and be able to work with their partners Mm -hmm. on gauging levels of where they are and where they aren't so they can kind of pull off and and get closer and and navigate that so energy can be recirculated around the body so that can be really really great for a man and it means that he can have more prolonged and intense sexual pleasure experiences rather than just an ejaculation which sometimes doesn't even come with any kind of uh, prevalent orgasm you know Mm. a lot of women kind of like I remember in the early days of Luke and I you know he'd see my orgasm which was a lot less frequent than his but he'd be like what the fuck you know and his would just be like a little (laughs) I'm doing a little like face there (laughs) and he'd be like oh my god your sound's cosmic I was like because it is you know so um 
that men actually can have those experiences just like women um you know they can have more cosmic orgasms but then talking about women as well you know we were talking about orgasms being able to last longer um in more recent years so this is from me who could only orgasm with a vibrator that would have a uh, 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 orgasm you know just one of those kind of like yes 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 and the orgasm would last like five seconds um and it would be like a peak experience and that was it I can now have what I refer to as a more feminine orgasm, which is more like a wave and then a wave and then a wave. And it can last for, I mean, I had one recently and I really hope this doesn't come across as braggy in any way, but more just this is what we are all potentially capable of. And um, I think it probably could have gone on for hours. Like wow. I literally had to like cut it off because I was like, okay, <laughs> inappropriate. I've got a client in like 10 minutes or whatever. <laughs> yeah and so that these more energetic orgasms are inward so they're not a release from the body outwardly they're something that happens inside and they can just become rather than a kind of eight nine ten explosion they become a more seven 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 does that make sense (laughs) (laughs) on and on and on and so i hope that's a kind of good description of a possibility it's more soulful more blissful more kind of i guess a more divine experience um and internal rather than which are also good rather than kind of rocket quick Mm. high intensity um release Mm. and another thing as well that sort of comes up for me is having the confidence to let a sexual partner know like if that's stimulating me or if that's not and it's almost like i want to say oh could we change this and it's like it's like it's like almost having something i feel like sometimes something's over my mouth to say like don't speak it just let them do what they're doing because i'm going to upset them or offend them but i'm I'm starting to feel into it now and I'm like, well, I would want to know if, if I could make it better for another person or stuff like that. But it's having that, again, that confidence and like, even when I'm talking about it, I can feel this in my belly, like this, this, this feeling of like, oh, I'm not safe to say what I want. Like I'm an inconvenience. Absolutely. And I think that comes from like the age old thing for women that sex hasn't really been about us and our pleasure. And that has been across the board, like even down to, there was a book in the 70s called um, the, the, the Joys of Sex, and it didn't even have the fucking clitoris in it. So imagine how much we have inherited as women that sex hasn't been for us mm-hmm. and our pleasure, it's been for our partners. And so that can rub against that. And so what needs to be done there is to go on a journey to reclaim that your pleasure is your birthright, you know, that that your pleasure is important, that you can be liberated and sexual and, you know, um, sexually confident enough to ask for what you need. And number one, know what you need so that they can be really directed. Um, and, And also I think that from my experience, and this is a kind of knot that Luke and I got ourselves into around our sexuality is, I was frustrated because I wasn't being met sexually by him, but that wasn't his fault. I was expecting him to kind of work me out. It's like, just fucking press the right buttons and get me, because I don't get me, you know? And, and then, so 
this energy that it was coming from was coming from a place of like resentment and a bit criticism and a bit of blame yeah. of what he wasn't getting right for me. And so when men become defensive, it's sometimes because there's a lot of fucking responsibility and pressure that women aren't reclaiming for themselves a lot of the time because they don't know. And so when a woman really does know and says, I want you to touch me like this, I think sometimes that defensiveness goes, like I noticed that it goes within my partner when I know exactly what it is I want rather than being a bit arsey. And even if that doesn't come out, there's an energy there and you're so connected sexually that the other person's gonna receive that at a con unconscious level even, you know, that there's something I'm doing wrong or there's something that I'm not doing. And, you know, something that's deeply inherent in um, male partners particularly is that they want, they actually get off on pleasing women. Yeah. I think what's interesting is like first two years when I was sexually active, like the only orgasms I'd ever had was from myself. And even that was associated with shame and stuff by this point. And then I met this partner at 19 and I never, he went to um, go like, give me oral sex. I was like, oh no, I don't like it. And he was like, you've just not had it done. Right. <laughs> and after that, that's what sort of woke up that orgasms were possible from another person. But mm. I find it very, very difficult to have an orgasm when a man is on top. And it's like, what's interesting is I then go into this. If, as long as I'm on top, I can sort of feel that control. I can feel like how to stimulate myself. It's almost like, I guess, I know how to pleasure myself with a man mm. as well now. And it's not, it's, it still feels disconnected. Like I'm, I'm servicing myself because I know how to. Yeah. Not necessarily connecting to them even though I know how to stimulate myself whereas a friend of mine I spoke to she was like I've only ever ever had five orgasms during sex in my whole sexual like years and like with 37 this year so it's like gosh I'm just really grateful that I've at least been able to have those experiences but it didn't even enter my mind that some women are going through so many experiences and not even sort of receiving that as well Absolutely. Yeah. And they've just kind of gotten used to it, you know, and they've become so habitual in that behavior, you know, and there's a lot to do with like, how much am I worthy of or deserved of this being about me in this experience, um, as well as my partner, you know, how much can I kind of bring myself into the picture? Um, but also how much time am I allowed to take? And for so many of us women, we need that time we need so much time and so much gentleness and so much slowness so one we can connect to our pleasure one we can build up that capacity to feel safe in our bodies and in the experience um you know and and then a lot of the time it it needs and this is what i needed in this reclamation like first of all i've done the work with myself and then i wanted to bring some of that into my partnership and it was like everything was completely different like i'd worked out so much stuff and then I just get into partnership and there was so much other stuff that I needed to work through because I got into my head and I was like oh it's really about him and I'm being too much and I'm asking for too much and I don't deserve this and god I feel like I'm broken and all of this stuff and so what I needed to do and what can be really really great for couples is that you just have a certain amount of sessions that are just for her yeah. just for her to be touched to be healed to be loved on to be cherished to be goddessed to be worshipped you know so she can learn what it is to receive fully now at first i remember when i had these sessions i was like oh my god i can't oh my god i feel too indulgent oh, i feel greedy it made me feel a little bit like not very attractive to just be able to lie there and fully receive and then <laughs> i soon got over that <laughs> 
But um, I just like it's a, it's a reducing of the nervous system, you know, to for women to be able to whew, just drop into. There's nothing for me to do. There's no performance. There's nothing for me to do for anyone else. I can just lay the fuck back and fully receive, and that can be really healing. I'm just mindful of the time, so I'm going to wrap up soon. So I've got a, a call at one. But what are like with women that are working on themselves and with this sort of stuff like what are some maybe some self-care tips um around like beginning this journey and i know you've got like um, i'm guessing you do online workshops as well as in person so like what are maybe some self-care tips that women could start i guess even men as well to start to reconnect to their bodies and reconnect to themselves and just begin this journey without even needing to sort of have some i mean great if you've got someone else there but i feel like a lot of us kind of need to maybe do this journey a little bit yeah firstly with ourselves yeah you're absolutely right i think firstly it always starts with the individual first and foremost like it can be quite complicated and layered if you start with a partner I think it's really beautiful to come back to your own body first so i offer um quite a lot of different various things online so people can follow me it'd be really lovely if people if you shared my link amy and oh yeah well all your details will be put underneath don't worry <laughs> yeah and then um uh, i offer like a toe dip called um uh, the cherry pop and so that's for women who might be like i don't want to fully commit to something really long but i could do this and so that's kind of like the first step dipping your toe in there's some pleasure practices in there ways of reconnection and then the pussy portal is a more intensive journey and then i work one-to-one -one with women um, and then you know obviously men are working in in couples and relationships but one thing i would say above anything else for both men and women is a daily reconnection practice and it's bringing consciousness to your genitals on a daily basis, using some breath, using intentionality and focus and bringing yourself out of your mind and into your root and exploring how do I feel? What senses am I experiencing here? And it might be for some women, they're like, I can't feel a fucking thing. And if it's numbness and disconnection, sitting with that numbness and disconnection that's what consciousness begins to disperse and thaw numbness and disconnection and so it's connection and the intention to connect that is the start of everyone's healing mm, that's beautiful i feel like um yeah, it'd be great to maybe knock heads together and just maybe create like a little maybe meditation of a little practice or something for people just to experience if we can sort of bring that and just so they can have that little taster and then sort of start going into that journey of just truly reconnecting to all of ourselves. So I know we all need it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And and for those people who want to take it that step further, talking about tasters, if people follow me on Instagram, I've got a little freebie in my um in my bio and it's called um silky pleasure and so it's just it's it's for women but men could probably do it but i do talk about vulva and breasts in there so they'd have to kind of switchy through that <laughs> but it, it's just a really beautiful way and it doesn't even involve any genital touch if there isn't any there for you that in that particular experience but it just allows you to connect with your body in a tantric way Mm. it's i mean that like breast has been a, i've had massive implants in and i've had them all removed so it's like allowing myself to like reconnect to my breasts as well and i know there's so much shame around like that area for so many of us that men and women um, yeah. and so again it's like recognizing that that is part of us and like even like touching my throat and stuff lately and i'm like there's so much connection here like to our lips and our throat but I'm sure there's like so much more we could probably delve into on all of this, but I'm absolutely yeah. 
we need another hour. <laughs> yeah, so I'd love to do. Yeah, what we'll do is um, hopefully if any other questions sort of come up as well, and then anything else we want to sort of speak about, we can always do like a, a part two pussy power. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, wonderful. I'm always available. It's my favourite subject. I've absolutely loved today. It's just flown by. So thank you so much for coming on. You're um, welcome. I feel like we've discussed everything. Yeah, it's like I've got an abundance of things that just kept pop popping off to my head. And if you've got any more questions, I'm going to pop all of Kate's details below, Instagram. I guess have you got a YouTube? No, not on YouTube. Instagram and Facebook. I've also got community on Facebook, Sister Circle in a Temple, if women want to kind of come into a more private group. Okay, amazing. So I'll put all your details down. So I'm going to stop the recording now. So thank you so much again, my lovely. You're welcome.